the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon. Thanks for coming along today. Gorgeous. Just beautiful day, isn't it? Uh-huh. Love Lovely. it. Lovely. Very, very nice. Happy fall. It doesn't feel warm, though. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Greta Thunberg. Yeah, she's front and center. A 16-year-old climate activist who has made international headlines appeared uh, yesterday at the United Nations where she fiercely admonished the international community for the adults in the room not doing enough to protect her and her generation from the perils of global warming. This has uh, caused uh, major repercussions. Essentially, uh, the scolding has not prompted, at least yet, a lot of action, which is a whole other story because for governments to say, we're going to do something, what exactly does that mean? Because the governments, regardless of what they say, are still not convinced that the warming of the earth that we're seeing is for sure a demonstrable result of carbon emissions. I mean, that's the that's the connection that people are making in culture. But I have not seen any scientific evidence. And we know that the earth is warming, but we know that the earth has warmed and cooled all sorts of times before there was a carbon emission issue. Right. So why? So that it's warming now is a result of the carbon emission issue? Perhaps. Perhaps. It could be. Right. But is it a definite and if it's not definite, do you think that major global powers are going to completely change their economic policy on a question mark? No. It's never, never going to happen. And if she's, very, if she's most concerned about climate change or about carbon emissions, let's put it that way, right. she needs to be speaking to China and India. So there has been and this Thailand. conversation, right, where she, Greta Thunberg and her, what, her advisors – She's 16, for goodness sake. Right. Have put together a list of the chief polluters in this world. Somehow, conveniently, China was left off the what? list. What? Uh-huh. So, how, how, was, how was China left off the list? I'm sure it's politics, right? Okay. So, it's, okay. so this is what that shows. Right. Is that she is subject to the same forces as all the people that she's scolding in the room. Of course. So It's all me, politics. It, Everybody is held to politics because that's how the world works right. and that's how Greta Thunberg works too. So I saw uh, an image which I think aptly described <laughs> that 
Greta Thunberg. And look, I, I'm not going to try to beat up on a 16-year-old girl, right? She Her heart is in the right place, right? But they showed her as a marionette being manipulated by other people. And this is essentially it, right? There are people, of course, well-meaning people, people who have a stake in this financially, I'm sure, about the effects of the earth warming. So then they somehow, a 16-year-old girl who convinced her parents to take a day off every week to go and protest climate change in front of the parliament in Sweden. Okay, so let me just back up. She talked her parents into letting her take one day per week off of school. To stand in front of the Swedish parliament with a sign talking about climate change. From there, she caught the media's attention. From there, she was invited to speak in front of the Congress yesterday and to the United Nations. And now she's become an international celebrity. She scolded all of us about the effects. Mike, you've got a clip from yesterday's appearance in front of the UN. This is all wrong. I shouldn't be up here. I should be back in school on the other side of the ocean. Yet you all come to us young people for hope. How dare you? You have stolen my dreams and my childhood with your empty words. And yet I'm one of the lucky ones. People are suffering. People are dying. Entire ecosystems are collapsing. We are in the beginning of a mass extinction. And all you can talk about is money and fairy tales of eternal economic growth. How dare you? Now, that's very compelling. I mean, you hear that emotion. So, of course, emotion is very compelling for the listener. Is there any truth to what she has to say here? Does any scientist believe that we are at the beginning of a mass extinction event? I, that's what I, I, that's what I want to know. I, I would like to know. We talked yesterday about the Bill Gates documentary that's on Netflix right now. Right. right? It was just terrific. Three, three-part thing. One of the things I learned from watching that is that when Bill Gates, who's one of the great minds of our generation – Wants to solve a problem. He reads everything. He reads everything he can possibly find. And then when he realizes that he's only one brain, he enlists brains around him to try to solve a problem. And then when he realizes that all those brains together still aren't enough, then he throws out an invitation to people he's never met, some inventor somewhere, some smart kids, to come and help them to join their group to come up with a good idea. Right. And that's an excellent point. So in in this documentary, which is just the case in point to to illustrate a point, Bill Gates is talking about um, waste management, toilets in third world countries, or he's talking about nuclear reactors as a means of clean energy, right? And these are the, the, the brightest minds that he's assembled around the world. And at the end of the documentary, the documentarian says, well, Bill, um, you've essentially, you've barely scratched the surface. You've thrown a lot of manpower, a lot of money, a lot of great minds and thoughts, but the problems still, to this point, even the eradication of polio are yet to be solved yet to be solved. Now, that's a very pointed man who has great resources. And here's a young girl. Now, maybe just this conversation, and I'm sure conversations like this, about Greta Thunberg and her work, her efforts on behalf of global warming, will reach some nadar of fruition. 
that remains to be seen. It does feel, though, to me, and I, as though it's almost child abuse, that you've taken someone who is innocent, unknowing, unformed, immature. She has Asperger's syndrome and a host of other things that she has talked about openly. And we've put her center stage on the world stage. And now we're, we require something from her that has worth and value. I'm not quite sure what that means. To what end? She doesn't have the capacity or the knowledge or the education or the wisdom. But as a pawn. To be talking about that issue as she is. Right. Because it's that complicated. I mean, the forces that we're talking about encompass all sorts of branches of science, many of which don't normally speak to one another. I mean, it's an incredibly difficult issue to even pin down, let alone come up with a solution to, if there is one to find, and we're not sure that there is. She doesn't know what she's talking about. Now, she has a lot of passion on the issue, and she cares which is wonderful. That should be encouraged. But I don't think we're helping her. I don't think we're helping any 16-year-old who has a very limited knowledge base think that they're an expert right. on anything. And as she said in the clip, someone has stolen her childhood. Now, it's not I. Okay, it's no, not you. No. Uh, and, and, we have not. And someone needs to tell her that her childhood is still hers to guard, that she can take it back. That she doesn't have to be an activist, that no one is pushing her, forcing her, hopefully, into this, that her childhood is, it's up to her how much mental space this takes up. Yes, although because of the Asperger's and some other conditions, she also says this has occupied her. This has become a huge part of her advocacy. All right. And there are a lot of things that become, that are large parts of each one of our thought lives. Right. Right. But part of maturing as a human is recognizing that you have to learn to put blinders on at certain times in certain ways that you can't be consumed with things that you can't control. That's part of right. Being psychologically healthy. Right. So let's help this girl to be psychologically healthy and let's not hold her up as Martin Luther King Jr., well, it's too late because she's already ascended the ladder of holiness well, from the secular world. Take it back. And you're going to take this take girl's life and change it forever. Greta Thunberg, 16-year-old environmental activist making uh, taking the world stage. We'll take a break. Steve Cordell's with us, senior pastor at Crossroads United Methodist Church. Hear it, see it, risk it. How faith grows. That's next. 1.5 WORD. We want to know more about you. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. Go to our website and take our short, anonymous Word FM listener survey. Answer just a few questions. I've got to concentrate. A few easy questions to let us know who you are and how you listen to Word FM. Now the question is, how much cash do you want? How's a hundred bucks? Someone who takes the survey will win $100 cash. Are there any questions? If not, take the listener survey now at wordfm.com slash survey. What are you doing to enhance your marriage? Take that initiative just to get away and to spend time with each other. Family Life's Weekend to Remember. Our life was so out of whack. We said, this is crazy. I thought everything was fine, you know. The Weekend to Remember is coming to the Pittsburgh Marriott North, November 1st and 8th. Everyone needs a little bit of guidance. Register now and save big. Use promo code WEEKEND at theweekendtoremember.com. Ooh, we ought to go check this out. 
You've all helped build MyPillow into the amazing company that it is today. Now, Mike Lindell, the inventor and CEO of MyPillow, wants to give back to word listeners everywhere. You can get deep discounts on all MyPillow products if you go to MyPillow.com right now and click on the new radio listener specials. Now you can get deep discounts on MyPillows, mattress toppers, bed sheets, and so much more. For example, MyPillow is bringing back their popular BOGO offer for all MyPillows. That's right. Buy one MyPillow, get another absolutely free. Remember, all MyPillow products come with a 60-day money-back guarantee and 10-year warranty. It's MyPillow's way of saying thank you for all your support. Just go to MyPillow.com, click on the new radio listener specials, and get deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the buy one, get one free for all MyPillows. Enter promo code WORD or call 800-391-0954 for these great radio specials. That's 800-391-0954 or MyPillow.com. Promo code WORD. Providence Presbyterian Church, Washington Alliance Church, Bethlehem Lutheran Church, St. John the Baptist Church, Impact Christian Church, The Bible Chapel. What do all these churches from various denominations have in common? Nello Construction. Design and build with one company. Nello Construction. Full service construction from the ground up. Renovation. Expansion. Nello Construction. The choice for churches. See the projects. Begin the journey at NelloConstruction.com. Join Pittsburgh Theological Seminary on Tuesday, October 1st at 4 p.m. for the annual McClure Lecture in World Mission and Evangelism. This year's lecture will feature Executive Minister of Serve Globally, Al Tizon. Dr. Tizon's lecture, Lifestyles of the Rich and Faithful, Confronting Classicism in Mission, will be held on the campus of Pittsburgh Theological Seminary, 616 North Highland Avenue in East Liberty. Learn more at pts.edu. Pastor Steve Cordell with us from Crossroads United Methodist Church. He's got a brand new workout called, well, it sounds like a, an exercise routine. Uh, he's got a workout. No, it, it's a book. Hear it, see it, risk it, how faith grows. Steve, it's been a while, but welcome back to this show. Thank you. Great to be here. Always a pleasure. So, Steve, in the past, I have responded badly to the phrase, have faith. If now, somebody says to you, Kathy, have, have faith. Have faith. So I remember being in high school, and I remember not, you know, that anxiety you feel as like an 11th grader or something, and you realize that you're going to have to go to college someday. Right. And you, what do you want to be when you grow up? Where do you want to go? Whatever. It's All worst. those things. Like, And I'd start to kind of freak out about that. And people would say, Kathy, have faith. Now, of course, since then, it's been many other things. I hate that. I hate that so much because it's so nebulous. Like, you're supposed to have it, but you can't get it. How do you get it? It's like this thing in the air that you're, it's like the flu. I'm either going to get it without knowing it, and then I'm going to have it. Or if if I try to get, how do I do that? There's just, there's, I need an action plan. If I have a role to play, I need an action plan. Absolutely. And and, uh, that's what I do see in the scripture is a kind of an action plan. If we look at Hebrews 11, it's the... Hall of Faith, Such it's sometimes a called. Gorgeous, gorgeous uh, piece of scripture, isn't it? Yes, it's it's oh all it's encouraging gosh. us to have faith. Um, but how does one do that? That that's a great question. And and um, I wrote this book as you, you said, a kind of a workout. It really is in many ways uh, a kind of uh, way to expose our soul to receive faith. And so um, when I looked at the the scripture here in in, in Hebrews eleven. Uh, well, we see a lot of examples of faith. So look into those stories, and you're going to see some patterns emerge about 
what was going on in these people's lives that let them be so faith-filled. If you look in Hebrews 6, it tells us that actually uh, we're supposed to take these examples and be like them. In other words, it says, do what they did. So what did they do? Mm-hmm. And as I looked at that, I saw that there was this pattern of hear it, see it, risk it. And what I mean by that is uh, faith grew as people heard from God and envisioned what God said coming to pass and then took an action step that usually involved a risk uh, in response to what God said. So those three stages show up in Abraham's life, uh, they show up in, uh, through the many of the people here in, in Hebrews 11. Mm-hmm. So uh, what, what, what you see, I think is important to know is what faith is. What is faith? When, when you're afraid of going to uh, college, right. you know, it seemed like, uh, gee, there's this nebulous future, and I'm kind of fearful of it. Maybe people are saying they're sensing, oh, there's Kathy's anxious, and they we want her to feel better. Yes, we want her to feel better, and they might have had a, kind of an instinctive understanding that anxiety and fear are not faith, so they want you to feel better, and therefore say, Kathy, have faith, and then you won't be fearful. Are, are they not saying have confidence? Perhaps, but in what? In a future, a picture, like have confidence that your future is going to turn out the way you want it. Everything's going to be okay. That's not what the scripture says. That's not what faith ultimately is. You know, faith is a positive response to God's word to us. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a response uh, that usually involves an action based on what God has said. Everything starts with what God says. Without hearing from God, there is no faith. Because what is faith? <laughs> it's a positive response to God. And so uh, think about these three steps, um, say, in, in Abraham's life. Well, Abraham, living his life just like anybody else in his uh, neck of the woods, and suddenly God speaks to him. And in Genesis 12, God says to Abraham, I'm going to make your descendants a great nation. And by the way, I want you to pick up all of your family and move to a land. I'm going to give your descendants this land. You don't know where that land is, but you just start going and I'm going to show you that land. That's God's word to Abraham. Now, uh, that's that, that, that's kind of um, a challenge, of course, for Abraham. First of all, he's kind of an older guy. Thinking about having having kids, he's 75. It's, it's hard to imagine mm-hmm. having kids. Unless um, you're Tony Randall. Um, <laughs> then he could imagine it. Perhaps, but... <laughs> Abraham, but Tony you Randall's know, wife was 26, so. And Sarah was not, so. <laughs> so Abraham needed a little help, but it's interesting that God gives him that help. God says, Abraham, look at the stars. And he gives Abraham a visual aid. Look at this. That's how many your descendants are going to be. Count those stars, Abraham. And he knew he couldn't, right? So um, having spoken to Abraham, then he gives this image to Abraham. He, he sees it. He can picture it. But now Abraham has to take a step. He has to take a risk. First, he risks moving his whole clan, uh, which was not just, you know, the four of them in the car. I mean, you're talking about many dozens of people and yes. going across, you know, land uh, with your animals and such. So he moves 
all of his clan and starts get, but he doesn't know where he's going. It's a risk. And he doesn't know if he's going to be attacked. He doesn't know if he's going to be welcomed where he ends up, but he ends up in Canaan. And the Lord says, this is the place. He takes a risk. And in some ways, he takes a risk waiting for his descendants, right? Because he's not making arrangements. He tries to make some altered arrangements to help out God just in case plan A doesn't come through. That didn't work out too well. If you read the story carefully, you know, he, he, he tries to have a child with somebody else. And God's saying, no, that's not the plan. That's not. So he's, he has to kind of risk, in some sense, going all in with, with God's plan. But at the end, when Isaac's born, his faith in God is even stronger, right? His response, his positive response was, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move to where God tells me. I'm going to trust that he's going to give me children. And as he, as he does that, the back end of that is he's got a stronger trust in God. He's got a stronger readiness to respond positively to God. Um, and think about Noah. He was kind of in a similar position. He's just living his life and God speaks to him. That's where it always starts. Mm. Everything starts from hearing with God. Without hearing from God, there's no faith, there's no story, there's no nothing. So it all starts, hear from God. What if you don't hear from God? Then you can't have faith. (laughs) That's what it comes down to. But the good news is God is always speaking to us. We can hear from God, uh, each and every one of us. Um, uh, uh, Again, using that pattern, which Hebrews 11 says, hey, Noah, he was a guy of faith. Well, how did that show up? Noah's living his life. God says, I want you to build an ark. It's going to rain. It's going to flood. Now, it had never rained in the earth before. So that took some stretch of his imagination. But now what happens? God, God then lays out for Noah the boat. He gives him the blueprints. It's this long. It's this high. It's going to make it this wood. You know, the, he, he lays it out for, for Noah so that Noah can see it. Because if Noah couldn't see it, he couldn't build it. So he sees this, what God is telling him. He expects it. He, he leans into that. Mm-hmm. And then he takes a risk of, you know, I gathering guess I'm material gonna do and this. He's, he starts building it. He could be laughed at. Maybe it would never rain. Who knows? But he does it. He takes the risk. But don't you know, when that rain starts to fall and he pulls up <laughs> that bridge onto the boat and all of his family there, I believe that when that flood started to rise, that Noah's trust and confidence in God was at a high mm-hmm. level. Yes, I bet <laughs> it yes. was. Okay. And I think his family was glad yes. he took that risk. Right. You and know? believed. I think they believed. And, and so what I'm trying to say is faith is a kind of result of hearing it, seeing it, and risking it. Mm. Faith is essentially a positive response to mm. God's word to us, and that positive response can be essentially described as hear it, see it, risk it. And without all three of those, we're going to have a hard time growing in our faith. And we see many of the obstacles of faith come from a failure in one of those three points. So there's Abraham and Noah. They hear clearly, very clearly, unmistakable God in their life. But what about us, Steve? Mm-hmm. What about this, the regular people? You know, as you say, hear it, see it, risk it, a, a blueprint for the relationship. Okay, so let's go back to me being a terrified 11th grader, right? What if instead of someone saying, Kathy, you should just have faith, what if someone said to you, what do you, th- what if someone asked me, what do you think God is telling you? That would be a great response. 
That would be a really good response, right? And then I would think about that. And I don't know what I would have said at that point. But what do you think God is telling you? And then if I would have thought at that point that it's just doing the next thing, like it's not envisioning the whole, he didn't tell Abraham where the completed end was, that it was just just do what I'm the telling you step. to do, just do right. the next step. And he didn't know where he was going. Right. So if we recognize that part of the faith journey is just saying yes in the little steps while we don't know where we're going, then that's different than just, well, you know, have faith. Absolutely. Absolutely. The next step is a perfect description of how faith grows. It's usually not a major steps and leaps. It's usually one step at a time. Uh, there are those moments that stretch us, there's no doubt, but what does God say is a perfect response to a sense of disorientation mm-hmm. or fear or casting about? And uh, When we don't feel like we're responding in faith, mm-hmm. the question is, starts with what's God saying? And sometimes we don't know specifically what God's saying about that in particular sure, right. uh, incident, right. but as long as we're listening to God speak, that's all that matters. In other words... Um, when you're thinking about your future, maybe you're listening, God's tell me what my future is. Maybe the Lord won't tell you very far down the mm-hmm. road, but he will say, um, well, let's, let's, you know, if you look, open your Bible, let, let's take a look at what does it mean to trust God with, um, with your, with your money? What does it mean? What's, what's he saying that day to you? Mm-hmm. And I think this is the, this is the key that we remember is that Faith continues to grow, kind of like a muscle, kind of like that exercise metaphor. As we as we develop this response of hearing from God, and, and I, I include this seeing it, this vision it, because in some ways, faith is seeing the unseen and then risking it because it's hard to take a step if we can't imagine it. I mean, most of us, when we're getting ready to do something, can picture ourselves doing it. So... Uh, that, that seeing component's important, mm-hmm. uh, but that whole process repeated over and over again builds in us this orientation of saying yes to God, of being responsible to say, yes, Lord, uh, and I'm going to trust you with the next thing. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of um, in some ways uh, like an, an, an exercise, and there's other ways that God may put faith in our lives. I'm not ruling that out in any way. And, and I will have to say, I'm not speaking about the gift of faith here. I mean, there's a general mm-hmm. sense sure. of saving faith. There's a sense of trusting God that the scripture speaks of. But then there's a spiritual gift of faith, which operates somewhat differently. I mean, it still has a lot in, in common, right. but it's, it's I, I believe it's given differently and it functions a little bit differently. But I'm talking here about just our natural uh, stance towards God of trust, a stance of yes to him when he speaks. Uh, so the hearing it, seeing it, risking it is key. And and hearing it, I think, is a, a pretty mysterious thing for some, some of us because we think it means that an angel has to appear to us or we have to hear a voice out of the, the night or something like that. Yeah, some kind of cosmic thing like that. Um, when in actual fact, most of the time that God is speaking to us, it will seem a lot uh, more natural, and uh, frankly, we won't be 100% sure that God is speaking, but that's part of the process of learning to hear him. How does faith grow? Hear it, see it, risk it. Steve Cordell's with us. He's going to stick around for a while. Hope that you do as well. Steve Cordell, Crossroads United Methodist Church. Be right back.
I'm Chuck McDowell, CEO of Wesley Financial Group and timeshare cancellation advocate. I was sued by the largest timeshare company in federal court for simply helping people cancel their timeshare that they had been lied to about. The jury sized me up and came back with a verdict after only 20 minutes. And yes, I won. My husband and I are more than grateful to everyone at Wesley Financial Group. You know, thanks to Chuck and his team, we feel as though a weight has been lifted and we can move on without the worry of a troublesome timeshare. Whether you owe ten dollars to $250,000 on your timeshare, it's my mission to get you out of your timeshare, eliminate your payments, and get them off your back permanently. And we proudly hold an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. Want to learn more about getting rid of your troublesome timeshare? Call Wesley Financial Group now for your free consultation. Call 800-691-9999. That's 800-691-9999. 800-691-9999. What you want is awesome new flooring at a great price. What you don't want is to spend hours at a showroom looking for it. With at-home flooring, you won't have to. At-home flooring is where awesome happens. And their family's been bringing awesome straight into Pittsburgh homes with top-quality hardwood, tile, carpet, and vinyl for over 50 years with their free shop-at-home experience, along with great selection and professional installation. So forget the showroom and schedule a little bit of awesome instead. Visit athomeflooringpgh.com. At the Original Mattress Factory, our mattresses and box springs aren't just American-made. They're hometown-made. Our products are hand-built one at a time in local factories using only the highest quality materials. And each of our employees is also an owner. So when you purchase from the Original Mattress Factory, you're not only getting a quality mattress at a factory direct price, you're also supporting your local economy. Visit an Original Mattress Factory location near you to see what Hometown Made is all about. Camping in the great outdoors can be a lot of fun, but it's not the most conducive environment for your next retreat. Antiochian Village offers the best of both worlds with 300 acres of beautiful woodlands near historic Ligonier, plus all the technology and connectivity you need to make your retreat a success. With 100 hotel-style guest rooms, 18 meeting rooms, and several outstanding full-service dining menus, 10,000 guests every year can't be wrong. Antiochian Village. Book now at antiochianvillage.org. You know what today is? It's the day you stop paying full price for gas. Get the Easy Pay card at Circle K and save 30 cents a gallon on your first 100 gallons. Then save 6 cents a gallon on every fill-up after that. Sign up in store and visit CircleK.com slash EasyPay for more details. This is Kathy Emmons. John and I are grateful for the encouragement we have from all of our advertisers and especially our friends at Grove City College. Thanks to everyone at Grove City for supporting the ride home. Clear and cool for tonight, going down to a low of 51 in the city. Well down into the 40s, though, in most of the outlying areas for tomorrow. Mostly sunny, a nice afternoon, high 79. Hardly cloudy, milder tomorrow night with lows near 60. Thursday, we'll have clouds and a shower, giving way to some clearing later on in the day, high 71. With Iraqi weather forecast, I'm meteorologist Danielle Niddle. Hey, thanks for coming along. We're excited. Steve Cordell's with us, pastor at Crossroads United Methodist Church. He's got a brand new workout called Hear It, See It, Risk It, 
How Faith Grows. So, Steve, in a couple minutes, we'll talk about the obstacles, the things that get in our way. But for now, how about, so hear it, see it, risk it. So talk about those three things and make them concrete for us so that we can, you know, not fall into the thing where that's that's a nebulous spiritual thing for that other people could do, but not me. Sure. Well, as I say, everything starts with hearing from God. There's no faith until we hear from God because faith is a positive response to what God says to us. So how do we hear from God? To be very practical, the most reliable way to hear from God is open the Bible. Mm. Now, that doesn't sound very dramatic or you know snazzy, but the reality is that our souls are fed more through the Scripture than in any other way. But to hear from God, we can hear from God in many ways, but I have noticed in my life, the more I'm taking into the Scripture, then the more I hear from God, even in other ways, too. So it's foundational. And uh, I like to think about the SOAP way of engaging the Bible. Um, Many people will say, gee, I'm not sure the Bible's a big book. I don't know where to start. Let me just say, if you're wondering where to start, I always point people to the Gospels. Start with Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. That's what Jesus said and what Jesus did. It's a great place to start if you've not uh, engaged the Scripture before. And when you look at the, the Scripture, I, you know, I think it helps to have some kind of a, of a plan. And uh, we teach our folks at our church to, to go at it as uh, SOAP, which is an acronym that stands for S is Scripture, O is Observation, A is Application, and P is Prayer. So Scripture is just read. You just pick one verse that stands out to you more than any other verse. Uh, you may not hear angels singing when you read it, but what's one thing that strikes you more than anything mm. else? Write that verse down. I, I like to encourage people to write it down. Maybe, maybe You might feel allergic to that, but it really makes a difference. Write that one verse down, and then the O is, what does it say? Just what's going on? Who's saying? What, what's happening? You know, Just observe, this is what's happening. And then A is application. What am I going to do about this? And I always like to start my application with the words, I will, uh, and then fill in the blank. Because I just read this, I will. I will what? And then uh, as I fill that in and say, okay, in response to what God says there, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this, and now I'm going to pray. Lord, help me to do this, and anything else that's on my mind. So uh, engaging God through the Scripture is the place to start. It's not uh, as – if you get a version of the Bible that's readable for you, uh, it, it's, it's not as mysterious as you might think. If you start in what Jesus said and what Jesus did – uh, yes, you can read the scripture and study it for your entire life and still be not only you know, only scratching the surface, but this is a way you will hear from God. It's called the Word of God, and so take that in. Now, there are other ways to hear from God as well. When you go to church, you're going to sing a song. Maybe some phrase sticks out. That might be the Lord speaking to you. Um, but the truth is, when, this, when we read the, what the scripture says, we're hearing from God and when we start then to respond, to act on that, that's going to grow our faith. So mm. that's, the, that's the quickest uh, nutshell mm-hmm. I would give about hearing from God. There's many other ways, uh, and I reference a few of them in my, in my book. But the, the having, having heard from God, um, it's easy to let it slip out of our minds. That's why I really encourage you to, to, to see it, to envision it. Look at – in the Scripture, you'll see people, they, they will – in their minds, kind of focus in on what does it look like when God is doing this? When, when he says something, what's it going to look like? And the more vividly you, you can do this, picture in your mind what it's going to look like, the easier it is for you to do the third step, which is to risk it. 
Uh, and by the way, you know, world-class athletes are really specialists at this visual, visualization, right? It's not visualization mm, yeah. that makes something happen. It's God that makes something happen. But our visualization allows us to be on God's frequency a little bit more easily and to respond better with him and, and to take that step that says, I'm going to do it. Because it's hard to take a risk unless we're feeling like it's going to work. Mm-hmm. And all of our actions start with a thought. We imagine something, boy, I'm hungry, man, some, you know, some, a cheeseburger would be really good right now. And so I picture this in my mind and I go pursue it. So uh, what is it that you're going to do in response to what God says? Envision that, envision it happening, envision God's word becoming reality and then take a step of faith. That's a risk. That's really good, Um, Steve. You know, you sort of pulled back the curtain a little bit for people, especially baby Christians mm -hmm. in some ways. Um, You know, there's a mystery there of how you engage. This Mm -hmm. is what you're saying. Sure, sure. And it's been said uh, from everybody from Soren Kierkegaard to contemporary preachers that faith is spelled R-I-S-K. And We'll want to know, how do I know for sure this is God speaking to me? How do I know for sure this is going to happen? Most of the time, you won't know for 100% sure. That's why it's faith. Mm-hmm. However, uh, I think the more we repeat this process, the more we get the sense of when God's speaking and when it's just our imagination. Uh, so taking that step of faith, uh, that, that it's going to sound like, a, it's going to feel like a risk. Uh, on the backside of that, that's when your trust and confidence is strengthening God at the end of that. And you see God work. You see what the result of that is. You're ready to say yes even more quickly the next time. That's excellent. Steve Cordell, hear it, see it, risk it, how faith grows. Steve's with us for a little bit. We'll go into deeper detail next. Stick around. WORD. Getting ready for the Big Word FM Mercy Me concert October 4th with the Mercy Me Spotlight Weekend. Mercy Me. Mercy Me, I really like a lot. Hear all their biggest hits all weekend long. And Sunday afternoon, win their music and concert tickets too. That's so excited. We're giving away tickets to see Mercy Me at PPG Paints Arena, Mercy Me CDs, and a Mercy Me music library. Just tune in, listen. Mercy Me in the spotlight and Mercy Me giveaways on Sunday. Brought to you by Nello Construction and Trinity Jewelers on 101.5 WORD. Pumpkins, 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 and more pumpkins. Pumpkins are what the Springhouse is thinking about this time of year. Hi, it's me, Marcia, from the Springhouse, and we love sharing our farm with you during this beautiful time of year. We've got all kinds of fun planned for you and your family to be able to spend the whole day on our farm. Pumpkin patch hay rides, a petting zoo, giant square bale stack and pipes for sliding, a hay maze and a corn maze, pumpkin picking right out of the field, old time games under a tent up on the hill, and lots more. And when you get hungry, of course, we have great eats inside, too, with lots of pumpkin creations. Pumpkin pie, pumpkin cookies, pumpkin bread, pumpkin custard, and even pumpkin black bean chili. Every October Saturday features a family-friendly meal, and October Sundays feature our 4-H hog roast with all the fixins. Plan to spend a memory-making day on the farm at the Springhouse in 84 PA, 724-228-3339 or springhousemarket.com. Bart. It's an amazing song. Maybe you've seen the movie. It's kind of happening. Now see them live in concert. The Imagination Tour featuring Mercy Me. I can only imagine. 
with special guest Crowder. Word FM welcomes Mercy Me. Coming to PPG Paints Arena, October 4th. Tickets on sale now at Ticketmaster.com. Looking for a satisfying career helping people with disabilities? Consider Life Steps, who's served Western Pennsylvania since 1923 and offers 100% paid health, dental, and vision premiums for full-time employees. All shifts available. Make a difference and call Life Steps today at 724-283-1010 or visit lifesteps.net. That's lifesteps.net to check out available positions. LifeSteps is an equal opportunity employer. Train up children in the way they should go, and when they are old, they will not depart from it. PittsburghChristianSchools.net will help you locate true educational partners in Allegheny, Beaver, Butler, and Washington counties. PittsburghChristianSchools.net Dentistry, in my opinion, shouldn't be a fear-inducing experience. And it really, I think, goes a long way for patients when I'm able to develop that one-on-one relationship with them. Exceptional dentistry meets compassionate care at StockFamilyDentistry.com. Steve Cordell's with us. He's talking about his brand new book called Hear It, See It, Risk It, How Faith Grows. Steve, before we uh, go forward, I'm sure just, you know, uh, where do you find it? You can find it on Amazon for sure. That's probably the simplest place to find it. And uh, we've got copies at Crossroads Church. Nice. So double dip, right? Come for a a visit and uh, buy the book. Absolutely. Steve, you've been talking about these three things, um, hear it, see it, risk it. And so I'm wondering... What happens when you miss one of those? So if you think that that's the process of faith, then if I skip step two, then what am I, what's going, what's going to happen? Is that a predictable result? Uh, yeah, that's a great result? question. Yeah, I, I think when we don't hear from God, as I said, that's where that's really where faith begins. When we don't hear from God, then doubt settles in, right? If you don't mm-hmm. hear from headquarters, yeah. <laughs> you're really not sure that you're on their radar and uh, it's easy for doubt to set in. In fact, when Satan first tempted Eve, what did she say? Did God really say mm-hmm. he was trying to, st- to cut right there the root of essentially faith and trust by blurring what God had said? So that gets that fuzzy. And when we- so if we're wrestling with doubt, uh, I always like to say, Go listen to God. That's where you're going to reconnect. It's where mm-hmm. things will start. You get solid ground again. Um, it's funny you mention if you don't see the second step, like see it, if you envision it. Envisioning what God says is a central part of faith. But often fear is a result of envisioning not what God says, but the opposite of what God says usually, or disaster, right? And it's looking into the future seeing a disastrous experience out there. And here's key. When you look out, you don't see Jesus anywhere. And God's not in the picture. When, mm-hmm. you've got, when, you, when fear takes hold, mm-hmm. it's because you are picturing a future that's not only disastrous, but you're on your own. And that's not true. Uh, I remember being uh, really taught this experience in a kind of vivid way um, when I was in Mozambique some years ago. And... We were, don't ask me why I thought this, but we were on our last day in the country. And I thought, wow, this trip has gone really smoothly. I I, I thought, well, I think the worst thing that could happen would be as if we make this journey, we're going out to see a school like three or four hours away. We could drive all the way up uh, to that 
place, that location. And then on our just after we start to return home, if the car would break down, because then we would be on the one and only road that takes you into the capital where we were. And you're not supposed to be on that road after dark. I mean, the, the books warn you, don't do that. It's dangerous. There's carjackings, right. all that stuff. So this is your thought process. This is my thought in the morning. Yeah. In, in my room in the morning, I'm thinking, this trip's gone really well. Mm-hmm. This would be the worst thing that could happen. And you know, I'm telling you this because that's right. exactly what happened. Here's your sure. visualization. Right. Exactly. You know, I re- went and I'm, I'm not saying that's why that happened. I don't think it's because I visualized it, right. but I, I thought that. And, you know, moments after our, we start our return trip, the car loses steam, pulls off the side, and the smoke's coming out from under the hood. And we rolled up in front of, the, you know, it's pretty deserted out there in the country. There's a one building, a little sign in front of it. We roll up into it, and it said traditional medicine. That means witch doctors, essentially what that means. So that's where we stop. And I think, you have got to be kidding. I said, Lord, what in the world are you doing here? I thought, mm-hmm. God must be doing something, but I was too anxious and and stressed out <laughs> to be really appreciating that. Sure. So um, it turned out radiator cap had gone bad and all the water was boiling out, right? So you got some water, poured it in, tried to batten down the cap. It didn't root. You know, we, we nursed another 10 miles down the road and then had to do the thing all over again. So we did this several times in a row. And after about an hour and a half, and I'm looking at my watch like, we're not going to make it back. Even if we make it back tonight, it won't be before dark. We're going to be on this road after dark. That's not, not what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. But we, we roll in this little village, you know, barely a wide spot in the road. There's, there's no Napa Auto Parts store in this place, <laughs> right. okay? There's no stores of any kind in this place, as a matter of fact. But there are some tables set up along the side of the road. Kind of think like a flea market. There's some, like, tables out there. Yeah. On that table, one of those tables, there's a radiator cap that fit Stop. that engine, that old Toyota. <laughs> and they put it on there. And I thought, oh my God. I don't know exactly what this means, but I think God's involved here somehow. <laughs> <laughs> and I think, and this is what was important to but me. But that wasn't what you thought of earlier in the day. No. When you were imagining the worst case scenario, you weren't imagining that God was going to provide something. That's exactly true. When I was thinking that picture, I wasn't going to say, well, worst thing would happen, but then God will be there. No, no. It was like, this would be the worst thing period, right? I, that was vivid in my, I can still tell you years later, I, that was vivid in my imagination and my memory that, that, that what that happened, what, what happened in that day. And I believe that God was teaching me something there because within just about 18 months, two years, then several things that were on my list at that point of the worst things that could happen in life happened to me. Uh, I had a cardiac arrest out of blue uh, when I was working out. Uh, and we had a multi-million dollar building project going on at our church. Contractors started arguing with one another. We were stuck in the middle, and it looked like we were going to be basically you know, stuck financially with this unusable building, and I would feel that's the leader, that's my fault, right, and all these right. things. And, uh, and then we had several other cascading issues happen right then. And a number of these things are were up on the on high on my list of what happens if uh, you know the worst happens? But what I remembered was in Mozambique, when the worst happens, that God was teaching me in Mozambique. Jesus will be there. Number one, He will be there. Number two, He is bigger than this. Whatever's happening, He's bigger than this, and He can handle it. And three, I've got faith for this. Actually, I can. I can. I can choose to hear what God's saying at that moment. I can trust God in that moment. Uh, I can do that. Uh, now, I don't feel faith-filled if I got fear, but my point is that those are true. 
And those are reality. And that God was teaching me that started in Mozambique, I believe, because he wanted to say, you're going to need this here in mm-hmm. a couple yeah, of years. Right. You're going to need to know this. And I believe that God wants all of us to know that, that Jesus will be there. And he is bigger than this. And you have faith for this. Listen to his voice. Envision what he's saying and take a step. It's going to look like a risk, but go for it. And when we choose not to take steps, you know, if we just hear what God says, and even if we envision it, but we don't do it, there's a word for that. It's called sin. It's like not doing what God says. Mm -hmm. And that takes us off track every time. Abraham, perfect example. Sure, yeah. Doubt. Fear and sin, pretty effective blocks to faith. They can be remedied by hearing it, seeing it, and risking it. Fabulous. Steve, that's great encouragement. It really really is. Thanks an awful lot. You know, as your speaking style, I'm sure your writing style is the same as well. So Mm -hmm. thank you. Uh, Hear it, see it, risk it, how faith grows. As Steve says, it's uh, Amazon right now. Steve, take for a second and talk to us about Crossroads United. Yeah, you can find us in five locations in uh, North Fayette and East Liberty and in Upper St. Clair, Cranberry, and Weirton, West Virginia. Go to the xr.church website and you can find out all the details. Very nice. Always a pleasure. Thanks for stopping by. Thank you. Steve Cordell, Crossroads United Methodist Church. Hear it, see it, risk it. How faith grows. Somewhere today, at a Christian school near you, a teacher arrived at work, not because of a paycheck, but a calling, a divine privilege to invest their skills, their time, their academic training, their entire life to equip young minds for success in this world and beyond. This is how love inspires learning. Visit PittsburghChristianSchools.net, education for mind and soul. PittsburghChristianSchools.net. They blow into town with the wind, rain, and hail. Out-of-town storm chasers going door-to-door, often posing as a local company offering a quick fix to desperate homeowners. If you've had damage to your roof, windows, siding, or gutters and downspouts, you may be eligible to get them replaced or repaired free of charge. Just be careful who you call. Visit WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of their highly trained appraisers. With over 50 years in home remodeling, Windows are us is the area's premier exterior replacement company for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, doors, and of course, windows. If damage isn't your issue and you just want something new, you'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry. A company who will never skip down when it comes to honoring their warranty. Visit the area's premier exterior replacement company at windowsruspittsburgh.com. Mention Word FM for an additional 10% off at windowsruspittsburgh.com. That's windowsruspittsburgh.com. Hi, I'm John Henney from Henney Jewelers. Since 1887, my family has helped people celebrate the most memorable moments in their lives. We are rooted in faith and commit to doing the right thing again and again. We believe in the covenant of marriage and use our to have and to hold program to encourage couples as they prepare to spend the rest of their lives together. Please stop into our Shadyside store to learn more or visit HennyJewelers.com. Henny Jewelers, your jewelers for life. This AccuWeather Ready Storm Preparedness Tip is brought to you by Duracell. During a power outage, it's important to prepare for any electric complication that may arise within your home. Install carbon monoxide detectors with battery backup in central locations on each level of your home. 
This will ensure you and your family members will remain protected and secure until the power returns. When you trust Duracell, there's no such thing as a power outage. Available at the Home Depot. At Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville, find extreme accessories for all your dirty jobs, like hauling landscape supplies. Protect your vehicle with spray-on bed liners, tonneau covers, weather tech floor liners, and more. Say goodbye to dirt and grime inside and out with extreme detailing. Plus, lift kits, electronics, and remote starters. Always a favorite. Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville. For the extreme in all of us. At ExtremeTruck.net. A101.5 Word FM welcomes Mercy Me with special guest Crowder, PBG Paint Arena. It's coming up fast, October 4th. Tickets on sale right now at wordfm.com. You going, Kath? Uh, I'm definitely going. I'm, I'm bringing the to. fam. Are you, though? I'm bringing the fam. Excellent. Why not? I love I, I love Mercy Me, but I'm just I'm a huge Crowder fan. Me too. I love it. Yeah. If you're interested in hearing our conversation with David Crowder, you can look on Facebook. Uh, just scroll down. You'll see it there. You can find it on our website, so johncathyshow.com. Last Thursday. Oh, no. It's last Friday. Yeah, I remember that. Look for his face. Okay. All right. Hey, uh, so, Kathy, I would not call you, dare I say the words, a grammar Nazi. No. But you are a grammar encourager. I like to be a grammar encourager. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's National Punctuation Day, and I'm yeah. rejoicing. Why? You know why? Because I like a good bit of punctuation. You like a semicolon? I like a semicolon used appropriately. <laughs> I don't like a semicolon used inappropriately. Willy-nilly. Yeah. I mean, you have to... Grammar... Let's put it this way. Forget grammar. Let's go to punctuation. Okay. Punctuation is just helping your thoughts make sense to someone else. Right. That's why they're there. Yes. So when, when you use them willy-nilly then you're not going to achieve clarity. <laughs> no, you're not. So don't you want to find a way to use them well? Yes, you will. Yes. Now, the f- sad fact is, though, for a lot of people, they either were taught poorly right. or they didn't pay attention. Or they didn't pay attention, right. So if you've you know, if you've got an independent clause, then mm-hmm. use yourself a semicolon and feel good about it, yes. right? But you're not going to use a semicolon if you've got a couple words and you're going to slap a semicolon there. In fact... Let me give you an example. Okay. I'm looking forward. Just a couple Sundays ago, we were uh, reciting the Apostles' Creed in my church. Oh, yeah. Okay? Mm -hmm. And as I'm looking at the Apostles' Creed up on the screen, Uh it was a punctuation nightmare. Uh Uh Uh-oh. I mean, there might have been good theology up there and heartfelt conviction, but when it came to punctuation, we had fallen down on the job. Really? Wait, now, so someone who did the PowerPoint presentation failed Mm -hmm. in their mission. Yeah. All the English majors in the audience. Yeah, and I think that probably it was a cut and paste from something online, Mm. and perhaps the person online was not interested in punctuation, and so therefore, I mean, we can't be kicking it down, John. It's time to stand up for what's right and say that should be a semicolon, not a comma. I wonder if anybody lost their faith or did not come to faith because of that. (laughs) I don't believe that God's eternal purposes were thwarted. (laughs) However, it was a bother. It's poor punctuation. It was a bother. All right. It was distracting. My daughter and I were both like, wait a minute, what? God's eternal purposes were thwarted. <laughs> no, they weren't. Poor they were, punctuation. They were not thwarted, no, but were. still, <laughs> we need to get. So let's celebrate some good punctuation today. Okay. Well, if you were going to celebrate National Punctuation Day, what, what might you do? I feel like you could use fewer exclamation points. Oh, you got that right. I think that's one What's way. happened to exclamation points? I don't points? know. They become sort of the catch-all for anything that's I don't know. interesting, enthusiastic. All right. So listen to this. Last night, I saw online a clip of Margaret Thatcher. Yes. Okay. The Iron Lady. 
And she was doing a um, an in-person interview with someone from the British media. Mm-hmm. And the British media personality said, Miss Thatcher, I would like to ask you to jump up and down. Mm-hmm. And she said, absolutely not. I won't. <laughs> And she, and it, it turned into this like uh, discussion between the two of them on why would you ask such a thing? Yes. And I, I have been in the process, she says, of stepping forward my whole life. I'm not about to jump when you tell me to. Whoa. I mean, it is. So, but there was something about that that I thought. And this is what the Brits are good for. You, you have to stand up for the things that are proper. Yes, you do. Right. And right. punctuation's one of them. So the Iron Lady's not going to jump, and I'm not going to use two exclamation points when one's just fine. (laughs) That's fabulous. Or perhaps a period's better. Kathy Emmons on National (laughs) Punctuation Day. Hey, uh, stick around. Our 5 o'clock hour, we're going to talk about the sin of sloth. Or maybe not. I don't know if we feel like it. Too tired. Sharing the word that changes the world. 101.5 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh, a service of Salem Media Group. With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. In a historic move, Speaker Nancy Pelosi is poised to announce a formal impeachment inquiry of President Trump. Correspondent Wally Hines is at the Capitol. While talk of possible impeachment has bubbled under the surface for weeks, it absolutely exploded this morning following allegations that President Trump held up aid to Ukraine while pressuring the Ukrainian president to investigate Joe Biden. That was enough for a number of moderate Democrats who've been resisting calls for impeachment to pressure Pelosi to move ahead. The next step will be for the House to decide whether to recommend articles of impeachment to the Senate. That takes a simple majority vote. If so, the Senate then conducts a trial and would be responsible for convicting. That has never happened in U.S. history. President Trump announced that he would release an unredacted transcript of the conversation between him and the Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky. This is SRN News. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, driven by Calusi Chevrolet, serving the Pittsburgh area for over 100 years. Hurricane Dorian battered the Bahamas relentlessly for two days. Nobody knows how many people died here. How anyone survived this amount of damage is a near miracle in itself. Now, weeks later, the suffering is immense. People have lost everything. They need help and hope. You know, sometimes when when we make a request for donations, we might say, pray on it. We might say, think about it. But there is no time. The urgency in a catastrophe of this magnitude allows us only to beg you to give your most generous donation right now. Your gift of any size right now will speed relief supplies to the Bahamas through food for the poor. It is very, very, very hard. It's me. I lose everything. But I thank God for life. Call 855-828-4673. 855-828-HOPE. Or give online at wordfm.com. You've all helped build my pillow into the amazing company that it is today. Now, Mike Lindell, the inventor and CEO of MyPillow, wants to give back to word listeners everywhere. You can get deep discounts on all MyPillow products if you go to MyPillow.com right now and click on the new radio listener specials. Now you can get deep discounts on MyPillows, mattress toppers, bed sheets, and so much more. For example, MyPillow is bringing back their popular BOGO offer for all MyPillows. That's right.
right. Buy one MyPillow, get another absolutely free. Remember, all MyPillow products come with a 60-day money-back guarantee and 10-year warranty. It's MyPillow's way of saying thank you for all your support. Just go to MyPillow.com, click on the new radio listener specials, and get deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the buy one, get one free for all MyPillows. Enter promo code WORD or call 800-391-0954 for these great radio specials. That's 800-391-0954 or MyPillow.com. Promo code WORD. Hi, I'm Alistair Begg, and I'd like to personally invite you to join me August 30th to September 6th, 2020 for a week of Christian fellowship and a newfound appreciation for God's creation. Call 855-565-5519 to join us or visit deeperfaithcruise.com for all the details. Salem Media Group presents the Deeper Faith Alaska Cruise, August 30th through September 6th, 2020. Get more details at wordfm.com slash Alaska. I thought it was a great experience working with Nello. They were honest, understood what we were looking for. They really went above and beyond. Impact Christian Church on building ministry with Nello Construction. How they spent time with us and got to know us on a personal level really meant a lot to us because they got to know us, not just our building, and that really came out in what they constructed for us. We took this old building that was pretty beat up and to see it transformed into what it is today was truly an awesome experience got a vision begin the journey at nelloconstruction.com clear and cool for tonight going down to a low of 51 in the city well down into the 40s though and most of the outlying areas for tomorrow mostly sunny and nice afternoon high 79 partly cloudy milder tomorrow night with lows near 60 Thursday, we'll have clouds and a shower, giving way to some clearing later on in the day, high 71. With Iraqi weather forecast, I'm meteorologist Danielle Niddle. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. It's almost sweater weather. Isn't it? Yes. Doesn't it feel good? No. It feels good. It doesn't feel good. I, 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 Nothing about it feels it. good. I like it. It's fine with it. Good. I'm happy for you. Hey, uh, are you a Kanye fan? No. No uh, No connection to I really his music don't. whatsoever? I really don't have a connection. I feel badly about it. I feel like I've... Don't feel bad. No, I do. Well, you I like feel what like, you like. I know, but I feel like I've missed out. I feel like I should give him a chance, and I haven't. That's all right. Mike, are you a fan? Uh, not really. Okay. But he does make some, some pretty good beats. All right. Well, listen to this. Kanye purchased a ranch uh, in Cody, Wyoming. And this past Sunday, he held a worship service at something called the Robbie Powwow Garden, which were on the grounds of the Buffalo Bill Center. Now, you know that's Cody, Wyoming, the mm-hmm. Buffalo Bill Center. So a guy who's the marketing manager for the uh, Robbie Powwow Garden, he rented the space for the Sunday service in Cody. He rented the space on Friday. And then on Sunday... 4,000 people showed up for this worship service that lasted about an hour, and the whole thing was free to the public. How did... Go ahead and find somebody and just encourage them. Tell them, I'm a witness that Jesus... Come on, you're not saying it like you mean it, Wyoming. Tell somebody, I'm a witness that Jesus will do what? He'll make a difference in your life. Hey, hey. Now that's cool. So he, so Kanye, flew in a choir of about eighty people from L.A. Mm-hmm. 
and amongst with these four thousand people, the uh, this guy who was the marketing manager, he's sort of like you know talking to the press because nobody else has been talking to the press. He said the whole crowd was so positive and polite. I've never heard a musical sound so big and Cody. In, in Cody, uh, attendees, many of them in their Sunday best, came from Montana. Wyoming and Utah, as far away as from Seattle, Spokane, and Denver. People came a long way to see this, says the spokesperson. It really brought in a new crowd to Cody and the surrounding area. This is fascinating. I know. I, lo- I love it. There, I have so many questions. First off, Mike, did you tell me Kirk Franklin was there? I believe so. I, that, by the way, the, that was the choir director. Who you, who Jason you White. That, yes, Jason White in that clip. Okay, so yeah. that wasn't Kanye. Right. I, I'm a huge Kirk Franklin fan, on oh, yeah. the other hand. So. If he was there, first of all, I, wouldn't you love to see it? Like Heck just yeah, to oh see gosh, what this, yeah. what well, that so kind what's of spectacle the vibe? would be. So is is this is this Kanye West acting as a preacher and is no, Jesus there, in the middle? Well, of here's this? the thing: I don't think there was any preaching. There At least wasn't. I've read several articles on this, and I don't see anything about preaching. Okay, so it, it was says, a concert then. It says that West reportedly started worship services at his home, then took it on the road earlier this year. Sunday service with a large gospel choir group has been held sporadically in 2019, including on Easter Sunday at Coachella and in Portland, Chicago, and Atlanta. Okay, so the choir. The choir was the, the worship, all right? So 14 choir pieces focused on worship, non-traditional hymns, including... No, wait, wait. Let's talk about the non-traditional hymns for a minute. Okay. I, I, <laughs> Reworked versions of No Doubts, Don't Speak, and Nirvana's Come As You Are, and Smells Like Teen Spirit. Now, what's the deal? How does that worship music? Mike, could you pull up Smells Like Teen Spirit, it's a crazy uh, worship I mean, just set. in case our listeners aren't can't really like, how, how picture you, that in their head. How are you head. loving Jesus with Smells Like Teen Spirit? I don't know, but I can't tell you how excited I would be to hear what that possibly could have sounded like. With a choir? Yes. An 80-person choir from L.A. Right. Yeah. And, I, I mean, I just... I, I can't quite get that picture in my head. I'm not sure what it means, right? Um, but I do love it. The idea that... The Kanye West on Friday rents a venue, and on Sunday there are four thousand people there. Is that just social media that you're saying, "Hey, I'm doing this, so come"? Well, he's got you know deep connections, right? And put the word out for a free musical event. People are going to jump in their car and travel if you know about it, right? And if you don't have anything else to do, right? Can you pull up? Uh, smells like Teen Spirit, Mike. We gotta wait. We gotta listen until we get to the chorus. I like this song. Oh, I like it too. It's a great song. Have you ever pictured it in your worship service? Never, never once. Okay, we're looking at photographs. Looks like it's like everybody's at a at a rock show. Yeah. Okay, here we go. Okay, here we go. Great song. Okay, so so that's apparently turned in somehow that was turned into a choir piece focused on worship um, and reworked. I don't know. So yeah, okay. So, so we're, as we're looking at the photos of the worship service, what's interesting is that everybody at the worship service has their phone up and is recording it. Right. Everyone's recording. So everybody no one, else recording no, it. Right. So no one ever enjoys anything anymore. I, I, right. We have to preserve it for a future moment. I mean, to be fair, there's there's. 
people there with their okay. hands up. You okay, know. Th- those people don't have phones on. No, they don't. Right. So I-, I just think it's a really interesting cultural, and it's a big word, but it's true. It is a phenomenon that there's someone who has this kind of influence, right? The Kardashians, no, mm-hmm. famous for being the Kardashians. But Kanye does have a, a quality body of work. Right. Now, the new album releases on Thursday this week right. called Jesus is, is King. King. Right. So this is all sort of a ramp up to that. I'm thrilled. I'd be really curious yeah. about the album Jesus is King. Yeah. Maybe we'll all be fans. Yeah. And the number one thing I'm praying for is that Kanye has someone in his life who is a discipler. Yes. who can help him, who can take him out of his famous world and put him just in the world of a regular human who is answering God's call. That's cool. And so if if, if that happens and he can continue to grow and mature as a person and then produce excellent stuff as an artist, then that would be... Amen to that. That would be absolutely terrific. Well, they say the Lord works in mysterious ways. Yeah, I'd love, ways. I'd love to see Bring it. Bring it on. Okay, take a break, come back. Hey, uh, Dr. John Kessler, in a little bit, we're going to talk about sloth. The sin of sloth. Stick around. WORD. You're listening now, so we know you're a fan of the radio station. I am a big fan. And we want you to know that we appreciate you. I can be your number one fan. That's why we've developed the Word FM Fan Club. It's free to join, and once you do, you can take part in exclusive surveys and contests. Yeah, I love contests. Special offers. Great giveaways. Discounts. Freebies. I'd like to win one of these contests. Become a member today. Go to wordfm.com slash fan club and sign up. We're big fans. The Steelers, Penguins, and Pirates are successful sports teams because they have a plan and they stick to it. Before their games even start, they know what they want to do and how they're going to do it. The same is true in retirement. Do you have a game plan or are you just going to wing it when that day comes? I'm Ethan Lane, Associate Advisor at Accurate Solutions Group, where we strictly focus on retirement planning. We help people retire with confidence, clarity, and independence. Give our team a call now to start building your own retirement blueprint. 412-515-3555. That's 412-515-3555. Don't be unprepared. At Accurate Solutions Group, we can help build you a plan to get you to and through retirement successfully. 412-515-3555. That's 412-515-3555. Investment advisory services offered through ASG Investment Management, LLC. If you're drowning in IRS debt and can't afford to pay, then you need to take advantage of special IRS tax programs that are available and free yourself from IRS collection efforts once and for all. Due to the financial hardship consumers are facing throughout the country, the Internal Revenue Service has made it easier to settle delinquent tax problems. An open phone line has been established by Community Tax for consumers to call and see if they qualify. Take down this number or store it in your cell phone, but call the Community Tax Helpline at 800 If you owe back taxes to the IRS and cannot afford to pay them back, or even if you have years of unfiled tax returns, there's no need to fear anymore. But you have to call the Community Tax Helpline today at 800-600-3010 for the help that you need. Don't take on the IRS alone. They can attack your wages, savings, pension, home, and even your Social Security check. Call 800-600-3010 for your free consultation and to see if you qualify. That's 800-600-3010. Join Pittsburgh's Theological Center. 
Seminary on Tuesday, October 1st at 4 p.m. for the annual McClure Lecture in World Mission and Evangelism. This year's lecture will feature Executive Minister of Serve Globally, Al Tizon. Dr. Tizon's lecture, Lifestyles of the Rich and Faithful, Confronting Classicism in Mission, will be held on the campus of Pittsburgh Theological Seminary, 616 North Highland Avenue in East Liberty. Learn more at pts.edu. Sloth. Is it laziness? Is it indifference? It's one of the seven sins, isn't it? One of the cardinal seven sins. I know that. I mean, I think of the animal. My brother-in-law was in uh, Guatemala. Yeah. Was it Guatemala? I think it was Guatemala. He was flying into a small town in Guatemala. And uh, it was one of these very small airports that are out, largely outside. Sure. And when he was walking from the airport, you know, it was very, you know, how beautiful, the, beautiful the trees are there. Yeah. And he saw a sloth in this one tree. And so they were remarking, it's so cool to see a sloth like in its real thing. I mean, this guy, you know, my brother-in-law yeah. lived in major cities his whole life. But the funny thing was, is he came back three months later and got off the same airport. We looked up in the same tree and the sloth was like, <laughs> was like four feet away. Still there. <laughs> In the same tree, really hadn't done much. Not too much going on. Dr. John Kessler is with us. John's a former chair and professor of Division of Applied Theology uh, at Moody Bible Institute. His newest work is uh, called uh, Practicing the Present. I'm sorry. Oh, The Radical Pursuit of Rest, Escaping the Productivity Trap. John, welcome back to the show. Good to be with you both. All right. So what is sloth? I I mean, I gave the example of the animal because it's just it's so terrific to imagine an animal that does that little. But is that our model in sloth? (laughs) Well, you know, there's a reason they named that animal the sloth. And it's cool to see a sloth. It's not so cool to be waited on by a sloth. (laughs) Yeah, good point. (laughs) Right. So the stereotype of a slothful person is is someone who is lazy, you know, the person who won't get off the couch or doesn't want to get out of bed for work. But the truth is that when you're looking at the biblical sin of sloth, it's much larger than the stereotype. So, you know, when you begin to sort of analyze it in all its various forms, the way of sloth is really it's a path full of ill-conceived shortcuts, ignored responsibilities, the slothful person practices neglect under the guise of simplicity. It mistakes apathy for ease. In essence, sloth is a sin of omission, so it involves uh, not doing what we should be doing. But it's also a sin of rationalization. Those who practice the sin of sloth have a lot of reasons for ignoring the responsibilities that are placed in front of them. They always have an excuse for not doing what they're supposed to do. Hmm. So, John, we, we become in many ways a slothful nation, have we not? It used to be like, you know, yeah. the American work ethic. Now we're all looking at our screens. Yeah, in fact, Oz Guinness, uh, theologian Oz Guinness, has said that sloth is so much the climate of the modern age that it's hard to recognize it as a sin. Mm. And he calls he calls sloth the underlying condition of a secular era, and and that's true. You know, when you look at we we are a leisure oriented culture, and we kind of admire sloth. That is until we have to depend on that slothful person. You know, we don't admire it. As I said, we don't admire it when we're standing in line and the person who has to serve us is you know, is engaging sure. in sloth. So if you want to, you know, if you want to picture 
what sloth looks like, think of your worst stereotype of being at the DMV, you know, the <laughs> Division of Motor Vehicles. Right. <laughs> right? You know, uh, you take your number and, yeah. you know, and you wait, and, and everybody seems to be going slow. But actually, there are other forms of sloth that are more active, so that not only is sloth this picture of somebody who's you know, slow and, and not doing anything. Another way that we practice sloth is by actually squandering our energy on meaningless trifles at the expense of other obligations. Every time I have to, in fact, I'll be honest, I'm, part of the reason I'm thinking about this is I'm writing a chapter on sloth, and it's amazing to me for, for I'm doing a book, and it's and it's like, I can find so many reasons to go and like see what's happening on Facebook, you know, mm-hmm. and you know, or just like, I just wonder, what was that noise? Oh, <laughs> right, you know, right. all of a sudden there's like a, a hundred other things that are distracting me, and I'm expending my energy when I really should be concentrating on the thing that's oh, right that's in front of me to do. So then, John, you're saying that you could be busy, right? Almost a workaholic, yes. but you choose to take your eye off the important things. And probably the most, you know, obviously the important thing is is God. We we all, I'm sure, workaholics choose to look at other things besides God. That's right. And, you know, uh, there's a there's an interesting incident in, in uh, the history of Israel where, where God's people come up to the land of promise, at first, they they are, are they're afraid to go in. That is, here here God has given them this task, this call to to go in and possess the land. So initially, they don't want to do it because they're afraid, and that that's another that's another mode of sloth where our anxiety paralyzes us. But then, after the Lord tells them, "All right, you're not going in. You know, you're you're gonna you're gonna stay out and wander in the wilderness for a while." Well, then they get really busy. And they say, no, 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 we're going in, we're going in. And so instead of doing, you know, taking that yoke of discipline and attending to the thing that God has called them to do, which was admittedly difficult, they decide they're going to go in and, and by their own force, you know, they're going to they're possess the land. So that, that also is, the, is often the way that sloth expresses itself, where we get very busy doing the wrong thing. We get distracted, or and sometimes it, it, it. I think it is often an attempt to either evade the difficult or the dull thing that God has put in front of us, or or sometimes to just avoid what God wants us to do altogether. Dr. John Kessler is with us, former chair and professor, Division of Applied Theology and Church Ministry at Moody Bible Institute. He's newly retired, but still writing a book, because that's what John does. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) He's not practicing sloth. Um, He's the author of the newest, Practicing the Present, the Neglected Art of Living in the Now. So, John, what does it mean that we have a culture that is entertainment-oriented and can certainly be slothful, while at the same time, it's a culture of perpetual work? People who who won't take a Sabbath, who haven't mm-hmm. taken a Sabbath, who ignore the command and the gift of the Sabbath. How do we have the, those two things in the same culture? I mean, are they two different people, or are we actually doing both things? No, I actually think they're two faces of the same sin. Mm-hmm. So, so on the one hand, you have what, and let me say first of all that rest. It, it, the the other book that that John mentioned, Radical Pursuit of Rest. So, I. I it's real clear that 
rest is not the problem, but there is a mode of rest that is false rest. And I think that's what American culture has been captivated with, this false idea of leisure. So that what we do is we have a tendency to, to be attached to frivolous, uh, 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 counterfeit rest, not the rest that Christ provides. But the other side of that, and, you know, if we're thinking about it in the spiritual realm, you know, we also we also are oriented toward doing and trying to establish ourselves in our own doing, so that this this busyness, and I think you do see it. I often see it in the life of the church, where instead of coming into the into the church to experience the reality of God's presence, now we're in a culture where we all have to we have to add value. We have to somehow validate our presence by what we do. So we get very busy, you know, and so we're trying to establish either our own righteousness or our sense of self-worth instead of freely accepting the gift of righteousness and freely accepting the taking on ourselves the yoke of rest that Jesus offers to us. And I think that busyness, just as when Israel uh, tried to go in and by their own strength possess the land when God was redirect directing them into discipline so that they would know him that that sort of busyness that empty busyness is actually a form of sloth even though it doesn't look like the stereotype that's good john thanks for being with us always a great pleasure i love your insight and your wisdom here john kessler from moody bible institute his news work practicing the present the neglected art of living in the now look for john online dr john kessler k-o-e-s-s-l-e-r The following is a true story. I had a lady that was in her mid-70s, and I'd sold her timeshare, and that was the lowest I'd ever felt in my life. I knew then that I had to do something to simply not to go to hell for selling timeshare. Chuck McDowell founded Wesley Financial Group to help folks cancel their timeshares permanently. I called her and everybody that I'd sold timeshare to, and I said, this is what I said to you that was a lie, and this is what you need to do to cancel your timeshare. From that point, people started referring friends to me to help them cancel their timeshare, and that's how it all started. I fought the world's largest timeshare company in federal court. If I had lost that lawsuit, there would be no one helping people that have been lied to when they bought timeshare. If we take you as a client, we will cancel your timeshare or we'll give your money back. That's what makes us different. Call Wesley Financial Group now for a free information kit. 800-515-1771. That's 800-515-1771. 800-515-1771. How does Eden Christian Academy prepare students for success? Through education that ignites the mind and inspires the spirit from pre-K through 12th grade. Through 47 state-certified full-time teachers and opportunities in sports, the arts, and service to the community. With results like SAT scores 200 points over the national average. Schedule a tour at any of Eden's three North Hills campuses and see what the area's largest non-denominational Christian school has to offer at EdenChristianAcademy.org. At Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville, find extreme accessories for all your dirty jobs like hauling landscape supplies. Protect your vehicle with spray on bed liners, tonneau covers, weather tech floor liners, and more. Say goodbye to dirt and grime inside and out with extreme detailing. Plus, lift kits, electronics, and remote starters. Always a favorite. Extreme car and truck in Bridgeville. 
for the extreme in all of us at extremetruck.net. Get away without going far. Lose yourself without being lost. At Antiochian Village near historic Ligonier, 300 acres of pristine woodlands await to refresh and inspire you. With 100 hotel-style lodging rooms, 20 meeting rooms, amazing food, and award-winning desserts, it's 360 degrees of mountain views bathed in the warmth of Christian hospitality. Book your next church or youth retreat now at antiochianvillage.org. Chuck Swindoll, Bible teacher on Insight for Living. You've likely heard my recent comments about the urgency of our financial needs. The next few days will determine the future of Insight for Living Ministries. We have a long ways to go. To respond to the urgent need facing Insight for Living, give a donation right now. Call 800-772-8888 or go online to insight.org. Clear and cool for tonight, going down to a low of 51 in the city. Well down into the 40s, though, in most of the outlying areas for tomorrow. Mostly sunny and nice afternoon, high 79. Partly cloudy, milder tomorrow night with lows near 60. Thursday, we'll have clouds and a shower, giving way to some clearing later on in the day, high 71. With Iraqi weather forecast, I'm meteorologist Danielle Niddle. You know those shows like, um, you know, the antique sto- antique shows. What's it called? Oh, uh, antique road show, show mm-hmm. that kind of thing, where people bring their things and they're uncovered as mm-hmm. oh, this this esteemed value. You found something that's really unusual. I think people love those things because everybody thinks you know when you go antiquing or shop, you know, thrifting, you think I'm going to find something that's. Right. Just unbelievably cool and beautiful and worth a lot of money. I've thought that my entire life. Right. That's what takes me into every antique store. Do you? And, and that drive. Garage sale. I'm sure I'm going to find the thing. Okay, well, check out this story. Uh, an early Renaissance masterpiece <laughs> has been discovered. And by early, we mean 1290. 1290. It's pretty early. An early Renaissance masterpiece discovered in a kitchen in the outskirts north of Paris where it might have been crated up during a house clearance if an auctioneer had not spotted it. Now, a woman in her 90s, they don't identify the woman or her exact age or the family's name. They just say that this woman in her 90s was going to move to a, you know, probably, you know, another facility or with family members or something. She was in her 90s. And above a hot plate in her kitchen was an 8 by 10 piece of artwork and the woman who owned the artwork, the woman in her 90s, said, I've had it for so long, I really don't know where I got it or where it came from. It's just been part of my life. And her family members were so used to seeing this artwork, nobody paid any attention to it. It just kind of blended into you know, the apartment. It's been discovered now, 1280, 1290, somewhere in the vicinity to be, to be worth $6.5 million dollars. And it's an image that is so unbelievably beautiful. It, uh, listen to me. It is spectacular. It is. It's not large. No. But it's spectacular. The color of it, I mean, it is, I can't get over it. What a gift that that woman, even though she didn't realize what she was looking at, she got to look at that. Every day. Every day. For how, how old right. is she? 90? Nine, they just say in her 90s. Now, the image is of Christ being mocked. And it's a gorgeous. I would encourage you to take a look at it online. We will oh not gosh. do it justice. 
the, because it's the patina of it that is it is the beauty. Right. It's just it's so amazing. And these art experts say, considering it's been sitting above a hot plate where people have probably been making soup for the last fifty years. <laughs> Someone's making a can of tomato soup over this incredible image of Jesus that is deeply valuable. And they said it's an excellent shape. So, I mean. Maybe the heat did it some good. I have no idea. It's a rare work by a Florence-based artist, Simbayou, also known as Cini di Peppo, one of the pioneering artists of the early Italian Renaissance. Eleven works painted on wood have been attributed to him and this is one that's been found. Isn't that fabulous? That's just so terrific. So now, I mean, they're, someone's going to pay her for that? It's going to go to auction, right? I mean, a family probably was like, Mom, you're in your 90s. You don't you know, need a whole lot here. You'll be safe for the rest of your life. And then we'll take the inheritance. Right. <laughs> and let's get you something else nice to look at to put above the hot plate. Can you believe that? No. That is just so cool. Gosh, I love it. Yep. Um, what if I found that? Like, you know, I'm hoping to do my kitchen someday. Somewhere, wouldn't you have loved to find it, like, you know, at the Goodwill store, right? Right. I mean, I'd rather find it. In my, like, what if I take some cabinets down and, like, there's some. Oh, that'd be great, yeah. You ever been to a Goodwill now she, store? Now, she lived, right. Where'd she live? North of Paris. Right. So there's more of a chance that there's going to be a Renaissance, yeah. a piece of Renaissance art there than in, you know, North Hills. Probably. Yeah. I mean, not to disparage the North <laughs> Hills. I don't think you should pick no. on my... You ever, village there. You ever go to the Goodwill store, one of those big Goodwill stores where there's one in you know a few miles. My kids are obsessed by this. They've taken me to this place several times. And it's not like a typical Goodwill store. It's a bin store. A bin store? Yeah, where there's like these big tables, just gigantic tables. And they're just junk thrown on these tables in massive piles. And then in this back room... Every, I don't know how often, you hear this beep, 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 and someone comes out with a little, you know, like electric cart with a bin attached to it. They dump stuff on it, and then they back away. And then hordes of people, near I say 40, 50, 60 people, rush and then coalesce around this bin and start flying What's stuff in the, in the air. Whatever. Like what, mix, clothes, like clothing, toys, like book, what? whatever. It's just this mishmash of stuff. Where does this come from? From, you know, like probably the donations yeah, and they just yeah. put them in. Why are they putting them in one bin? Because no one's sorting through them. What? I don't know. I've never heard of this yeah, practice. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's a common thing. I'm telling you. I've seen it several times in different stores. Does, does it, is it inspiring or does it make you kind of sick? It makes me anxious because the people that are there, those people who, you know, who are they're like, you know, the ones who are going to resell on eBay. So they're looking for mm-hmm. the pot of gold. Right. They're looking for right. the Renaissance painting right. that someone has not sorted already. Right. It's just a mishmash, so you never know what you're going to find. It's wild. Um, I, can, I don't think I can do that. Why not? I just don't think I can. That just seems like a lot of disorganization right. and things that I can't manage. All right. All right. Jeff Swearing coming up next. Astrophysicist Jeff will be with us. He's going to examine the most prevalent eternal universe theories. Is the multiverse the same thing as God? We'll talk about it next. WORD. Okay, everybody in the car. Where are we going, Daddy? On an adventure. Yay!
Adventures in Odyssey. It's not just a kid's show, it's a show the whole family can enjoy. Listen on this station. Adventures in Odyssey, tonight at 8 on 101.5 Word FM, W-O-R-D. Hurricane Dorian battered the Bahamas relentlessly for two days. Nobody knows how many people died here. How anyone survived this amount of damage is a near miracle in itself. Now, weeks later, the suffering is immense. People have lost everything. They need help and hope. You know, sometimes when when we make a request for donations, we might say pray on it, we might say think about it, but there is no time. The urgency in a catastrophe of this magnitude allows us only to beg you to give your most generous donation right now. Your gift of any size right now will speed relief supplies to the Bahamas through food for the poor. It is very, very, very hard. It's me, I lose everything, but I thank God for life. Call 855-828-4673, 855-828-HOPE, or give online at wordfm.com. ADP isn't just in the payroll business. We're in the people business, helping companies find them, train them, and empower them by clearing the way for them to do their best work. Because when your people thrive, your business thrives with them. HR, talent, time, benefits, and payroll. Informed by data and designed for people so you and your company can achieve what you're working for. Learn more at design.adp.com. Join Pittsburgh Theological Seminary on Tuesday, October 1st at 4 p.m. for the annual McClure Lecture in World Mission and Evangelism. This year's lecture will feature Executive Minister of Serve Globally, Al Tizon. Dr. Tizon's lecture, Lifestyles of the Rich and Faithful, Confronting Classicism in Mission, will be held on the campus of Pittsburgh Theological Seminary, 616 North Highland Avenue in East Liberty. Learn more at pts.edu. It's getting hard. Harder and harder to make sense out of today's headlines. To stay on top of breaking world and national news with a Christian worldview and a faith-based perspective on what it means, turn to ChristianHeadlines.com. Log on to ChristianHeadlines.com for the very latest news and then sign up for our free daily newsletter to stay one step ahead of what's happening. Get out of the mainstream media rut with top news and positive headlines every day with ChristianHeadlines.com. In the beginning, of course, everybody knows those, right? Yes, everybody knows those words. In the beginning. Astrophysicist Jeff Zrink is with us. He's a research scholar, executive director of online learning at Reasons to Believe, here to talk to us about that in the beginning. Jeff, welcome back. How are you? Hi, John. It's good to be here today. So, Jeff, the um, the conversation about the multiverse is um, all over the place. You know, I see it online. I hear it on uh, on radio and podcasts. Um, so, is this the latest uh, search for God, or is this a replacement for God as Creator? Well, it's a little bit of both. I mean, there's. Uh, I think scientists, just by and large, are fascinated with can we understand uh, what's going on in the universe and how far can we push that. And what's interesting is if you go back about 30 years ago, you know, it seemed like there was this boundary where there was a beginning or the laws of physics broke down at the Big Bang. And as uh, we tried to understand how the universe operates, we've got this 
thing called inflation, which happens in the early moments of the universe, but it seemed to give us a mechanism for looking beyond that beginning, if you will. And so I think there's just a part to where scientists are really interested in that. But this idea of is there a beginning out there, you know, it has really interesting scientific and theological consequences. And so it obviously plays in there quite a bit. Okay, so talk about those implications. So, I mean, you know, clearly when you, you've got in the Bible, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, you know, and you see that in Hebrews and you see that in John, that idea of God creating the universe ex nihilo, out of nothing, that he sustains and upholds it, and if God withdraws his hand, it would just tumble into non-existence. And so this idea is very prominent throughout Christian thought. And so the idea that scientifically we can even engage this is a really fascinating thing. And so scientists have been asking this question really since probably the early 1900s, does the universe have a beginning or not? And, um, you know, I, I write about that in my book, Escaping the Beginning. I, I really think you can ar- argue that, uh, you know, since the early 1900s, that uh, there's been this process of scientists saying, oh, we can get around the beginning this way. Mm-hmm. And then as they make measurements, lo and behold, the universe seems to keep pushing us back towards the beginning. And so, uh, you know, if God is who he says he is, I would expect that at the end of the day, when we make our best measurements, the universe is going to say, yeah, it does have a beginning. Right. Okay, so people talk about the Big Bang as the beginning. Is, is there any truth to that? There is, yes. Because, well, it depends on what you mean by Big Bang. Okay, and this sure. is a place, you know, There's a little bit of technical term in there, because really scientists use Big Bang in two ways. One is the universe, has, is, is, as you trace it back, it's in this very hot, dense state that's expanding. And so Big Bang is just a description of everything since then. But then there's this other term of, you know, where you run it back before that and you get these singularities where the laws of physics break down. And, uh, you know, Hawking and Penrose showed that, you know, if general relativity is true and energy behaves a certain way, that that's inevitable. And so it looked like, you know, if the laws of physics break down, that's certainly a place where you could say, oh, that looks like a beginning. And so that was kind of late se- or early, late 60s, early 70s. And then the question is, since then, what has happened in science to impact on that? And so uh, there are some ideas out there that maybe energy doesn't behave a certain way, and so that would get that might get around the beginning, or maybe general relativity isn't the final answer, and that might get around the beginning. And so that's kind of where the science is at these days, and part of where you get the multiverse and other things like that. So it's really kind of a scientifically very fascinating. But it's also pretty heady stuff to think about at times, too. So before the 60s or 70s, Jeff, was the scientific consensus that the universe had always existed? Um, up to the start of the 1900s, that was the, pretty much the prevailing view. And when Einstein introduced his general relativity, um, that actually pointed toward there being a beginning. And so, you know, he, he actually introduced a cosmological constant, which would make it static and eternal. And it turns out that doesn't the universe doesn't behave that way. And then the scientists came up with other ideas that maybe the universe expands out, gets really big, collapses back and bounces, and so it just oscillates. So even though there's a beginning, it's kind of gone on that way forever. And in the 30s, 40s, 50s, you have this idea that the universe, lo and behold, is expanding, but there's new matter created, and so it's just always been this way. And so scientists have come up with lots of different ways to make the universe eternal, but again, it just seems like as we've made measurements, those models end up not working. And so that kind of points back to the idea that the universe really does have a beginning. Sure. Right. Okay, back to the beginning. So the, these kind of conversations, Jeff, I'm sure you know, there's this sort of like late night dorm room conversations where, I mean, it's so trippy, it's so dense, you really can't get your head around it. So 
talk to us about the idea of the beginner at the beginning. I mean, they are connected, obviously. They are one and the same. Well, you know, again, if, if, Christi- if Christianity, as you read through Scripture, it talks about a beginning, and I think that's clearly the consensus case, although it's not, not demanded. But I think, yes, the, the Bible really does talk about a beginning. If scientifically we have evidence that there is actually a beginning to the universe, that points to the validity in a, uh, of Scripture. And so there are, uh, you know, to someone who may say, oh, I don't really have to listen to the Bible, it's just one of those religious texts, well... The fact that it's talking about a beginning of the universe and our latest scientific evidence makes that a very reasonable case. Now you've got this opportunity to engage, well, if the Bible gets this right, might, might, might it be important to listen to what else it has to say about things? And so I think that's one of the obvious connections that flows out. And, and, and it also is kind of the beginning place of starting, you know, are there other places where what Scripture describes about this universe we find to be scientifically accurate, and it's just a way to get, I think, that helps people who would otherwise dismiss the Bible see that, no, it is actually something really worth paying attention to, and it has a lot of things that really impact how we live and who we are. Before you leave us, Jeff, um, give us a thumbnail sketch of what the theory of the multiverse is. So so, uh, when we look at out at space, there are two features that limit the extent of what we could see. One is that the universe is, uh, has a certain age to it, and two, that the speed of light has a finite speed. And so what that means is that uh, given uh, that amount of time, light can only travel so far. And so we could draw a, a boundary between the furthest place that, could, that light could actually reach Earth, and we'll say, okay, let's say that's the universe. The multiverse just simply says there's more out there. Mm. And... If, you know, we, we've got this idea of inflation at the very early moments of the universe that expanded very rapidly, that would say that if we were to be instantaneously transported to the edge of what we can see, there's more stuff out there. So that would be part of that multiverse, if you will. But there's even other ideas that our universe, all, even if we take all of that stuff there, that there, there's, there's, there's this bubble that we live in that encompasses all of that. But there are these ideas out of inflation and strength theory that there are other bubbles out there. And so that's really what the multiverse is, is just the idea that our universe is one amongst a whole bunch of multiverses out there. Fabulous. So, Jeff, Escaping the Beginning is in publication now? It is. You can uh, go to reasons.org and purchase a copy. Uh, and uh, I think it's uh, I, you know a little bit of a bias here, but I think it's a really good book for helping people who have a little bit of scientific interest, engage a pretty heady topic in a way that's understandable and connects with how is Christianity true and how can we share the gospel using that. Terrific. Escaping the beginning. Our guest, astrophysicist Jeff Swearing. The following statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. Amber in trials tested mild to moderate symptoms. Testimonials based on 90 days of use. Results may vary. IRI US and ULO 52 weeks 714 by UPC. Hi, I'm Mary Lou Retton, and I want to talk to you about something I haven't liked to talk about until now. My menopause. All my life, I've had energy. Energy to win gold back in 1984. But when menopause hit me with the hot flashes and night sweats, I began to feel sluggish every day. That all changed when I discovered Amberin. 
Amberin safely relieves 12 menopause symptoms by helping to restore your hormonal balance. Amberin is 100% drug-free and estrogen-free. Amberin is America's number one menopause relief supplement in dollar sales. Thanks to Amberin, my fear of hot flashes is gone. My sheets aren't soaked every night, and my energy is back. Give Amberin a try and see what it can do for you. It works. It really works. Hurry to your Walmart, Walgreens, Target, and other fine retailers nationwide and get Amber in today. Does Christian education mean less opportunity for your child in areas like the arts? At Trinity Christian School, it actually means more. With two theatrical productions each year and a musical every other year, plus choir and band starting in fourth and fifth grade, led by accomplished teachers like David Minifield of Saltworks Theater and band director Joe Petron of the McKeesport Symphony and Duquesne University. Opportunity awaits at Trinity Christian School, ranked among the top K-12 schools in Allegheny County. Trinity Christian School at trinitychristian.net. Looking for a satisfying career helping people with disabilities? Consider Life Steps, who's served Western Pennsylvania since 1923 and offers 100% paid health, dental, and vision premiums for full-time employees. All shifts available. Make a difference and call Life Steps today at 724-283-1010 or visit lifesteps.net. That's lifesteps.net to check out available positions. Life Steps is an equal opportunity employer. Do you find yourself struggling to get comfortable while trying to read or watch TV in bed? Consider an adjustable bed from the original Mattress Factory and elevate your sleep experience. Raise your head and feet to the zero-gravity position to help relieve joint pressure and provide optimal comfort. The original Mattress Factory offers two models of high-quality adjustable beds at an excellent value. Both models are designed to pair perfectly with an original mattress. Visit an original Mattress Factory location near you to find the perfect adjustable bed and mattress for you. You know what today is? It's the day you stop paying full price for gas. Get the Easy Pay card at Circle K and save 30 cents a gallon on your first 100 gallons. Then save 6 cents a gallon on every fill-up after that. Sign up in store and visit CircleK.com slash EasyPay for more details. Train up children in the way they should go, and when they are old, they will not depart from it. PittsburghChristianSchools.net will help you locate true educational partners in Allegheny, Beaver, Butler, and Washington counties. PittsburghChristianSchools.net David Delayden and Sandra Merritt are being prosecuted for recording secret footage of abortion industry executives talking about how they procure fetal body parts to sell to researchers. Remember now, this, this was all a few years ago. Yeah, right? so you, the name David Delayden uh, might not mean anything to you, um, but he's the man who's at the center of the uh, or at the uh, founding of the Center for Medical Progress, which is the organization that did that undercover videotaping of Planned Parenthood. It was 2015, I believe what? this okay. happened, and over a period of time. Uh, David Delayden, he probably released six or seven videos. About a week apart. Right. And they were all undercover, and he was in different places at different times. Um, And in it, mostly, he went in as a representative of an organization that was interested in buying body parts from aborted fetuses that Planned Parenthood had just done the abortion on. Right. Now, when these came out... As I said, seven days apart, and there were six of them. Oh my there was a lot of momentum, uh, conversation-wise in America, about what this means for Planned Parenthood, what this means for the abortion industry Because in it was America. there, it was. I mean, in living color, even though the babies were dead, I mean, 
This was damning to the extreme. This was the ultimate gotcha for Planned Parenthood. We saw the heinousness of their of their business. But from the very beginning, Planned Parenthood was insisting that this was an unfair business practice, that he could not portray himself as something he was not and then record it and show it online. So as a result of that, he has been prosecuted right. and is now fighting for his freedom in a trial that's happening in California. Yeah. So a San Francisco courtroom is where all this is happening. Um, presidential candidate Kamala Harris is the one who brought charges against David Daleiden and Sandra Merritt. And so we've been kind of following along. Now, it shocks me still that there is so little reporting on this story. It shocks me that he was prosecuted. I can't... I, I, and the the new the mainstream media Zero. were all fixated on a 16-year-old girl from Sweden, and no one wants to talk about the butchering and selling of babies. It is, what are you it, kidding me? It really is shocking to me. We are so diverted from the things that actually matter. It's just, I, I, I can't get over it. All right, so I wanted to bring up a couple things, though, that have come out in the courtroom over the last two weeks. Um, one thing in particular was the testimony of a man by the name of Dr. Forrest Smith. Oh, this is interesting. Yeah. So now, uh, Dr. Forrest Smith claims to be the longest practicing abortion doctor in the United States today. So he's an abortion expert. Yeah. So he has performed about 50,000 abortions. Mm-hmm. 50,000. 50,000 abortions. Now, um, when he first saw those videos of David Daleiden in the Center for Medical Progress back in, would you say, 20, 2015? 2015. Yeah. He told his wife, I'm going to take that guy down. Mm-hmm. Okay. He's messing with me now. And I have made that palatable for a family audience. That's not exactly what he said. Right. Um, but he was, he, he said, this guy's coming after my living. He's coming after my world. <laughs> However, when he met David Daleiden, he decided the investigator was right about the abortion industry's trafficking in fetal body parts. And he testified to that in the San Francisco courtroom. So he testified for the defense. Yes, he did. He testified and said not only was David Daleiden correct about the abortion industry's trafficking of these body parts, but, quote, David Daleiden didn't know the half of what was going on. So a a doctor, an abortion doctor, 50,000 abortions he's performed, is now standing up for David Daleiden, and he's essentially pushing back against Planned Parenthood. Yeah. Now, it's interesting because he's he hasn't changed his mind on whether abortion is right or wrong. Right. Okay, so it's not like he's all of a sudden standing up for the pro-life cause. That's not it. But I really admire the fact that this guy is willing to say what he thinks is true on the stand at the risk of it hurting not only his business, but the, his line of work that he's been in for the last 35 years. Right. Um, so this is what he said. There's no question in my mind that at least some of the fetuses that we're talking about were live births. Okay, so that means that it was an abortion procedure that produced a live infant, and that live infant was murdered. Was murdered. Right. Okay. He said um, that he was questioned about these aggressive abortion procedures that Planned Parenthood. Planned Parenthood executives are describing on those David Daleiden initial videos. And he's saying, yeah, those actually are done to achieve the purpose of delivering a live fetus so that the body parts can 
garner a larger sum of money from those who would be buying it. Right. So if you buy, I mean, do you get? I mean, are you, are you hearing what I'm saying? Right. This is this is a, this is a shockingly horrific practice. Right. So uh, these drugs essentially stop the baby in motion because apparently, if you took a, a baby's heart and the baby died of natural causes, the heart somehow contracts. But by injecting a chemical into the baby and stopping the baby immediately from living, then the heart valves are still open, which which somehow are more valuable to researchers willing to pay more money for a baby's heart that is fully formed. Okay. And open. Okay, this is an appalling practice. This is the kind of practice that if we would have heard about it in Nazi Germany, it's we would exactly have looked back and we could have said, how could we have let that happen? And that's happening in our country. And this organization is supported by the United States government. And we're on trial right now trying to prosecute someone who's trying to stop this and to show the heinousness of it. So... Uh, Dr. Forrest, as he's explaining this procedure, um, he cites that there are two issues. The first issue is that this is a barbaric practice where we are delivering live infants and killing them. From the words of an abortion doctor. So if he's calling it a barbaric practice, I think it's pretty barbaric. But the second thing that really, again, I can't believe that this isn't being discussed in major media, is that by utilizing the kind of drugs that keep the baby alive – throughout the abortion procedure until the baby is actually breathing air it's dangerous for the for the mother because these are not abortion procedures which are considered safe these are a different kind of abortion procedure so there's increased danger to the woman so it's barbaric on one end and it's deleterious on the other is the nicest way Wait, I, I thought put planned it. parenthood was all about women's health Planned Parenthood has never been about women's health. As much as they say they are about women's health, what they are about is abortion. That's what they're about. That's what the whole... Uh, abortion for profit. Exactly. And that's what the whole fetal body part you know, sale movement is about. And that's what the, the separation with their former president who just left, who was just removed three months ago, Leanna Wen, is about. Right. And now she's in court trying to reach some sort of financial settlement in terms of her being able to speak about her tenure at Planned Parenthood because she knows the truth as well. Right. And she said, I got into Planned Parenthood because I cared about women's health, but I realized once I was there, all they care about is abortion. Right. And I don't want to be someone who's fighting a, a policy battle. I want to be a physician who's caring about women's health. And guess what? She couldn't do that no, at could Planned not. Parenthood. Now, David Daladin was with us uh, maybe three months or so ago, yeah. right, at, at the beginning of the process to go to trial. And uh, I'd encourage you to just follow along, to read, you know, to read more about this. For better or worse, uh, the good news is, because of different procedures, abortion now is at essentially an all-time low. Since yes. Roe v. Wade... Thank God. Abortion is down. But, you know, you know, the abortion drugs, all, all those different things have stepped in place of actual abortions. They're still killing babies. They're just doing it in a different way. That's all. I think also uh, methods of birth control are more. They're not completely reliable, but they're more reliable right. than they've been before. And I think that the anti-abortion movement has made a lot of strides in how they're actually caring for women. I think for decades – 
unfortunately, it really publicly was about getting the right votes and making sure that abortion was restricted. And it took a long time for people to realize, look, this isn't just about votes. This isn't just about politics. This is about women who are suffering. We need to care not just for babies who are going to be born, but we need to care for the whole woman, of the course. whole person, but you know, the whole life. I, I mean, I hear that you know from you know pro-abortion people, and they always say that. Well, you know, Christians they're not worried about the baby after the baby's born, which I that's just ridiculous. right. But here's the thing: I think they had a point forty years ago. I do. You do? Yes. I don't believe. Oh that. yeah. Oh yeah. I think that. I, I look think, at the good work that people no, do. No, I'm not saying of, that people weren't doing. I'm not saying that people weren't doing good work all along. I'm saying that there were a lot of people who weren't doing any work who were still talking about the abortion issue only in terms of votes. We need everybody to be involved in the issue. We don't need a couple people who are doing good work at a couple pregnancy centers. If you believe that abortion's wrong, you need to do something. And then it goes further from that, because if you are involved in the sacredness of life, from a pro-life position, from the cradle to the grave, and all that, that, that informs every aspect of how you look at yourself, humanity, the world, and all that's in it. Hey, thanks for being with us. The podcast is up and running. John at KathyShow.com. And God willing, we'll see you tomorrow night. Have yourself a beautiful evening. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.